Today's show, as always, sponsored by LivasaIslandApparel.com. For gear that represents the South Pacific Island languages and cultures accurately and responsibly. Put on for the culture. Catch the wave at LivasaIslandApparel.com. Welcome everyone to the Balinesian Podcast, episode 34. Sponsored by Levasa Island Apparel. Check them out, www.levasaislandapparel.com. I am Lance Falatongo. Yo, folks, I'm Forrest Olala. We're here to, uh, oh, man. Both L's on this week. <laughs> Start with the uh, the Chargers in Sunday Night Football. Primetime versus the 49ers. Uh, man, I didn't have a super high hopes going into this one but the chargers did like the chargers had all the things they needed to happen happen uh and but they still couldn't pull the game out. <laughs> yeah it was like the chargers were going to lose that game nine out of ten times and that was the ninth time where things could have gone right but instead uh even not by the end of the game because man christian Cap- mccaffrey didn't even get like the 60 yards like we we were able to hold them. Their their passing game wasn't work. We were able to make them throw the ball occasionally, and then in those times we made Jimmy G make some bad decisions. So like right. we our defense definitely did their job. Our offense was not able to uh, sustain. But man, we took hella injuries in that game. Like we ended the game with three defensive linemen left yeah, you on the back end. Maybe they shouldn't have cut Jerry Tillery so early. <laughs> Yo, what was that even about? The Jerry Tillery whose uh, waivers was claimed by the Raiders. Yes, sir. So that's going to be a, the interesting next match, Chargers versus Raiders, to, to watch. Yeah, I'm yeah. not sh- uh, Maybe it was just bad luck, but well, I don't know word, what, word why we even. That they, they were saying that uh, he came back from injury, but he just wasn't. It's like he wasn't present sometimes, like he wasn't playing hard enough or practicing hard enough. So there's a lot of reports coming out. Of course, it's not from his camp, and his camp are going to put out reports too. But um, obviously, they weren't happy with him. So, But, I mean, even if after seeing all the injuries from Sunday, they maybe they're like, damn, maybe we should have kept him just a little longer. <laughs> yeah, eight teams put in waivers for Jerry Tillery, Vegas, Detroit, Carolina, Indianapolis, San Francisco, New York both New York's and Kansas city. Uh, that was our first round pick, uh, just a couple of years ago. So, yep. um, definitely talented player. I did Jerry Tillery, Notre Dame. Yes, sir. I didn't think that we were going to take him there. I don't know what it was. I can't remember the exact situation that the team was in roster wise, uh, after that draft, but I, I think I was going for like O line or somebody right. or some other like skill position instead of like line and then when they took jerry tillery i was like okay this is like it's gonna be like a a leader like someone whose uh effect on the game is more than just what i'm seeing or like what the tape is showing he's gonna be like uh inspire others to play greater like a selfless kind of guy i I didn't i mean he was i never saw any negative attention towards him as far as like teammates or coaching but I guess he never did, like, was able to overpower and really change the game. Definitely had a bunch of plays. Jerry Teller is a great player who um, 
had his place. I, I don't know. I don't even know what the the exact issue is. But you're definitely right. And after losing two defensive linemen in this game this Sunday night versus the Niners, the Chargers are definitely feeling like, oh, we probably should have kept that guy. Yeah, but it's actually, little, for, I mean, for him to have gotten cut. It must have been some big, right? Not just no, like I mean, maybe not even being. Raiden Fajoko's in there, though, huh? right? Yeah, maybe maybe they thought he just didn't fit the team, and this would be the time to, you know, cut ties without having to go through the rest of the season with him on there and him not playing and stuff like that. You know, like you said, a lot of stuff could happen that we don't hear of. Nothing was really reported, but you know, it's not like he didn't bounce back on his feet, sign with the Raiders uh, immediately. Yeah, eight. Also, a quarter of the league wanted him. Right. That that's a that's that's pretty good. I mean, uh, for a, him, yeah, a, lo- for, for a, lot, a lot of like good players that get cut depending on the time of the season don't get picked up by teams automatically. They get signed after. But if you're going to use your waiver uh, claim on a player, I, is it the same in the NFL where you go to the back of the line, or is it like a? I don't know oh, because the Raiders got. More. Two pretty really good players off of waivers this past two weeks. They picked so up Sidney Jones and then they picked up Jerry Tiller. Oh, nice. Well, yeah. okay, Sidney Jones got cut from where? Uh, the Seahawks. Nice. And then Jerry yeah. Tillery from from LA. Yeah. Yeah, man. The Raiders are. Is that? Do you think? Well, we'll get to the Raiders. I'll yeah, ask we'll you get that. To, yeah. yeah. Um, the Chargers end up losing this game, not able to uh, mount a touchdown game-winning drive in the at the end of the fourth quarter uh multiple tough, times it, you don't have your two top receivers uh you still have austin eckler but it's easier to key in on austin eckler if you don't have the two guys uh catching for justin herbert um i don't, I, I like dylan parham oh, dylan parham what is what is his first name you guys donald have Donald yeah, Parham. Donald Parham Jr. tight end six. We have Dylan Parham who plays the life for the Raiders. But oh, nice. Uh, I like I like him. He <laughs> like last season he he had a pretty good season. I think I thought yep. he was gonna uh, develop more and have a better season this year. But it doesn't seem like they're really 100%. using him. But uh, he he was he's been injured for about half the season. Okay. And okay. then we've been, I think, Again, uh, relying yeah. a lot on Injuries, Gerald Everett, our free agent tight end signing, who's also been pretty good. Gerald Everett's been pretty pretty good. Uh, I. Man, Chargers on paper, if you look at their roster and you don't look at the injuries, they look like a team who should be like six and three or like, you know, uh, eight and no, possibly could be, you know. But again, injuries are tough and those are things that um, you can account for during the season by having decent backups, but you never know who's going to get injured during the season. And again, like we said the last time, as much as you want to say next man up, um, it's not always that. It's not always that case because some guys are hard to replace, like Keenan Allen, uh, Mike Williams. Those guys produced in a way that the guys behind them, you know, they just can't do. They just can't do. Like and in fantasy you- football, you think if I, if my wide receiver is out. I can always find another really good wide receiver. Right. There's so there's so many good <laughs> yeah. wide receivers. But on your team, but in the NFL. <laughs> the back, your third string wide receiver might not be as good as what's available on the free agent right. waiver wire or right. whatever in fantasy. So it's like these are still obviously NFL, you know, athletes. So they're yeah. they're physically they're good. They're gifted, but yeah. 
they might not always catch the ball. They might, the timing might be off with the quarterback. Right. They might think uh, they're supposed to cut one way versus a zone defense versus another, and the quarterback throws it the other way. You know. Right. The the drop off from Keenan Allen and Mike Williams to Joshua Palmer and DeAndre Carter is pretty huge, good. and we're feeling it. DeAndre he, Carter though did have a great game. Four targets, four catches, have, that uh, big thirty-two yard touchdown. AJ Guyton anymore? Do you guys not have AJ Jalen Guyton or Jalen Guyton out sorry. for the year? Oh, I didn't know that. See, yeah. injuries is just you guys yeah. are hit by top three some, receivers. Then some Dang. of the worst injuries. <laughs> that trio was talked about as like, okay, you have a guy that can go super deep, Jalen Guyton. You have a guy that can go 50-50 ball, win all of them, Mike Williams. You have a guy that can go underneath and shake people, Keenan Allen. And each one of them is missing significant time due to injury. That's Mike Williams tough. is out for a couple more weeks. Keenan Allen said he won't come back until he's one hundred percent because I think he tried to come back. And he he hurt it a little more. Yeah, he tried, they gave him a couple snaps. Uh, not this last game, but the game before that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, people were like, "Oh, he's on a pitch count or whatever." He came out after the game. He's like, uh, "Doesn't feel good." Uh, and then the next week, he said he heard it during our bye week. Trade. <laughs> he heard it more during our bye week, so you know he's just gonna wait. And I, yeah, that's probably a smart decision. You know, wait it out. If uh, yeah. if the Chargers go on a run and are going to be in the playoffs, then it'll be really good that Keenan Allen took this time to, to heal. really heal himself so that he's right. available uh, to the team at that pivotal moment. And if the Chargers lose like four or five more games, Keenan Allen's like, you know what? I'm going to wait the rest of the year. Right. No point in you trying to hurt yourself. Um, and then also, and to, I know fans, uh, we should fans like, probably really hate to hear that, and they hate for us to hear uh, hear us say that. But it's, you know, these guys got to get healthy and to come in, and, and you're gonna hear a lot of guys. Well, I mean, he's got to have heart, of course, he has heart because he wants to come back next year and win. But if he comes back this year, he just you know, he's just gonna be out even more next year. He got to have heart so that you think it's good. I don't right. I really don't care what people <laughs> right. think. Like he's got a, a players need to protect themselves. And then also when they are able to uh, contribute to the team, but it's, right. but you Keenan Allen not being there at the end of a losing season is contributing because if he's there winning games for us, <laughs> like yeah. our draft pick, just, I don't want another 16th overall. If we're like going to lose, if we're going to miss the, the pack, playoffs, right. Right. Give me top ten. Right. I you want don't a want a middle of the pack number. First round draft that yeah, yeah. yeah. Where I he might us. be good. Like Rashawn Slater mm-hmm. was is really good for you guys. But you don't want someone you pick at like 17 who's like borderline good, borderline bust. And so I get it. Yeah. Only no, thing about no. a top ten pick is it's always uh high bust, high reward though. Like, you know, if if he's yeah. gonna bust, he's gonna bust top ten. But if he's pretty good. Yeah, if you're, I mean, if your scouting department is any good, you'll be able to, you know, talk with your coaches and really figure out uh, which one of the available rookies is best to suit your team and less likely to bust. You really got to go. I don't know if you do it the same way you do fantasy football first round picks, where you have to really just be conservative and try to get someone who's going to play as many games as possible. Like people were scared of Christian McCaffrey picking Christian McCaffrey in the first couple picks because they were like, Oh, he's going to get hurt. So instead they selected the safe Jonathan Taylor running back of the Colts and he got injured. 
So it's really uh, – but in, in the NFL, in real life, when you're picking first-round picks, are you just going the opposite of conservative? Are you going for the home runs and just trying to see which one of the available players is the best? Like if you had to pick, would you pick a steady starter or a boom or bust possible Tyreek Hill? I think it all depends on like who you have on the team and who you're expecting back. Like, if you're expecting back, like, so, like, say you have, like, Keeman out and you're expecting back. Because there's not too many holes on the, uh, what do you call it again, on your roster. Yeah, 17 injuries so far, 12 starters, and the other five injuries are the guys who replace the starters, not just, like, regular people. We have, like, a quarter of our team has missed significant time or is missing for the games right now. So I don't want, I don't want to be like, Oh, we're injured. You know, this is the only reason we're losing, but we're definitely not getting the chance uh, to win that we would have had. If we had Rashawn Slater starting at the left side, if we had one of the starters starting at the right side, if we had Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Jalen Guyton, all the defensive starters we've my, lost, my Joey Bosa, JC Jackson. You know, right. My, it's my a lot of, what do you think you guys need, though? Like, so say you got a top 10 pick. And from my understanding, I don't think you guys actually need anybody to come in and play right away if you do get a top 10 pick. What mm-hmm. would you pick out of, if you if you guys were to get a top 10 pick? I feel like because you know we have no, this, Sorry, hold on. This is going to be a two-part question because one to five is a total I – mean, I don't care what people say. One to five is a totally different talent um, drop-off. So who would you pick from six to ten first? Like, I don't really follow college. Well, you're talking about position because okay. I don't know Position-wise, specific right. players. Position-wise. Um, man, I feel like we go – I would want, like, a right tackle just hmm. because I've been wanting a right tackle uh, for the last five years. So that's just my default answer. So if you're going six to ten – there are a couple of tackles in, in the draft, probably three that uh, are talented enough to go one to five or six to ten. Like if you got them six to ten, you'd be like, ooh, steal. Yeah, if you got them six to ten, you'd be like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, mm. If So, but if you go one to five, talent-wise. If I go one to five, that's different. Yeah. yeah. I want me no- a playmaker. Okay. Someone who's going to be around the ball, either like, like, uh, like another Derwin James. Can I get a second Derwin James? Ooh. Ooh, you could. <laughs> there's, there's a few safeties and corners. In the league. Corner. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Corner. In college football are, that are. Are there any monster pass rushers coming out this year? The, oh, kid from uh, Alabama would also. I mean, this is the, the this is the, the if you had like a generic answer for everybody, it would be, I think, um, Will Anderson coming out of Alabama. Uh, he's killing it. Um, I don't was think, he a linebacker, uh, edge rusher, or like a linebacker? edge rusher? He's an edge Ooh, rusher, nice. but he's I think he's skilled enough that if he came into the league, he probably could play. Um, day one, oh, for sure, like for a Micah sure. Parsons, yeah. I think, I yeah. Think. So, the thing, Micah Parsons, they were gonna make him a linebacker, it's just he like he over played the linebacker, middle. he played linebacker in college, that's what he played. Oh, he did an edge rush because what he, all, I mean, all he, of a sudden, he, he edge rushed and then in so the NFL. Like, 
he played edge rush a little bit in college too, but he was a linebacker in college mainly. I want um, Michael Parsons. I think, I think, I think, I think Michael Parsons is what Arizona thought they were getting with the um, Isaiah Simmons. Isaiah Simmons, who I Ooh. I also thought I think he might be a little out of position the way they're trying to play him because they're really do they have him at him. safety? They have because he can't play safety. That's how athletic the kid is. He's played safety in college. He's played, um, he's played like slot corner. He's been, he they would have come mm, those yeah. those guys. Yeah. Uh, he's played middle linebacker, outside linebacker. But I think if you put him at like either outside or middle and just keep him there, let him learn the positions, I think Isaiah Simmons would be a wrecking ball. Yo, yeah, he was getting comparisons to Derwin James, the guy that yeah. could do everything. Yeah, and I think he's and, better suited at a high level, super safety. physical. Yeah, going back to you guys, I mean, yeah, Will Anderson, uh, they got the the Tongan kid out of um, Ohio State, but I don't think he's eligible for the draft yet. I feel like if your team is is good, that's when you can start adding these like high ceiling guys. You don't have to pick a right. guy that you know is going to start day one. You can start to pick the project guys, you know, like the, well, I mean, so that's the guy that ran is. four two or something. Who was right. that guy? What was that guy's name? Joe. Mm. I used to pick him in Madden all the time. I'd sign him. I'd trade for him. He, John Ross, Washington. Oh, he ran Washington. like a four two four or some crazy. Right. Uh, I mean, whatever the scouts saw, because I'm not an NFL scout or a college scout, high school scout, but like if from what people saw. They picked John Ross at where they picked him, and people were just like, huh. Oh, <laughs> like, uh, okay. Like, okay, another guy's fast. He scores some touchdowns, but you don't pick him at – I think you want a more complete receiver. Yeah, if, you could. okay, yeah. so you're saying John Ross could have gone like a whole round later I, at I least. Not a whole round, but later into the, later into the draft. Maybe. Well, like, I know John Ross the third did not pan out in the real life NFL, but right. I'm sure Madden John Ross did – like oh, I'm sure. 30 he'd fly by. Yeah, he'd fly by. <laughs> he go. You just wait back there five seconds. If you can avoid the pass rush, you just tap X, and he is going to catch it left side. But that, I mean, but that sort of capacity or ceiling is the is what you want to see from the uh, like a top five player. Well, For I sure. guess like, but some people pick like just the sure thing and take a D tackle. I, I think if you're yeah, I think if you're going to go like top five, depending. There's a lot of the times it's going to be. I think the biggest risk at the in the top five picks is always going to be a quarterback because you've seen a lot of quarterbacks go top five and not pan out. You know, and that's tough though because that is probably the most premium position in football. Yeah, is a quarterback, and so. But that's why people reach so hard for right. quarterbacks right? right because, because it's like potentially they could just be the next this guy or like he I'm might sure. be like a, a seventh round value or you know scouting projection right. Right. prospect or whatever but if it's a quarterback with any sort of you know if he pops on tape at all somebody's going to draft him you know mid rounds right. If enough talk yeah. goes on, enough scrutiny happens, maybe people – he's a second-round pick. Maybe he sneaks in top of the first round. It's great because it's not just about evaluating talent, but it's also about – The fit know, for the team. The fit, fit for, for the team and, and reading – it's also a game of chicken oh, for with sure. the other NFL teams that are like, okay, when do we pick this guy? Because right. someone else is going to pick him and then we won't get the shot of him at all. 
Yeah. So like the Giants, the Giants. That's why Trey Lance went third one. overall. True, and that and that's not why he's on the bench, people. He's on the bench because he got hurt. <laughs> um, Yo, the Niners definitely feel like a more confident, uh, capable team with Jimmy Garoppolo just able to read. Is it the reading? What is it about that? Um, I mean, he didn't do super great, but no, but uh, he's a lot better than Trey Lance. But it, to contribute, you can contribute it to his time in the league and the time he spent mm. practicing with coaches and reading defenses. So mm-hmm. you give Trey Lance a little bit longer, and I'm pretty sure he'll show up the way 49er fans wanted to show up, and scouts drafted him, thought he was going to show up. It also goes back same thing with the debate of between. Um, how the Dolphins drafted Tua before they drafted Herbert is because they saw Tua, uh, they saw him a lot more in college than they did Herbert. You know, and they saw I him. Did, well, he shined. He was in a lot more prime yeah, time exactly. spots. Yeah, for exactly. sure. Oregon so, wasn't in any sort of championship talk. The Oregon exactly. Ducks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they during Herbert's time, they were good. They're doing nice they now, but they weren't bad. No, because they lost to Washington on the side. Oh, right, my bad. <laughs> Washington on Saturday, you know what I mean? Washington's ranked though, right? Twenty-five. Oregon was eight. Okay. I I think because Justin Herbert played at Oregon and the Ducks didn't win as much, and then when Tua played at Alabama, they were in like national title primetime games. And now, so Tua went higher because everyone was like, "Well, Tua is a better quarterback than Herbert." And the Chargers were like, yeah, think that, everybody. <laughs> See, I don't know if they everybody thought he was a better quarterback, but I know they Ooh. were looking at how much he had won more than Herbert and also probably also the fit of the system. Um, and honestly, after the injury, I didn't know if Tool was going to get drafted that high because it was a pretty serious injury. Right. Like, well, I'm, well, like if he didn't get injured, people were like, Automatic number one pick. Oh, to for sure. By law. I, I think so. I the think only so. reason he slipped to five is because he injury? missed a whole year. What was yeah. it? Hip, foot, or something? He, it was, but it was definitely hip. And all the nerves. Ankles? Like, there's so oh. much nerve damage. Like, like honestly, uh, his doctors were saying that it's such a miracle that he's able to do all of this stuff. Like, it's almost, mm. it, it was almost to the effect of how, uh, Bo Jackson was hurt. Uh, when Bo Jackson went down, obviously, so totally different injury, but it was the hip also. But what it was is Bo Jackson was so athletic. He mm. was too athletic for his body. Damn. And so when he when he took up off field, the way he was tackled is his body was trying to do something, you know, that he's athletically able to do, but not able to handle. So when he turned and the guy was holding him, <laughs> his hip literally separated. Like, he hit hip separated you know it was back then I'm, I'm pretty sure if it would have happened now uh with the all the medical advances i'm pretty sure bo jackson would have played well into you know uh a hall of fame career um how many yeah. how many total years did bo jackson play man i don't know if it was more than four or five uh all with the raiders all with the raiders all nice. with the raiders so he was coming out of college he was drafted by I forgot who he was drafted by, but he sat out of here and decided to just play baseball. Um, oh, he was like, I don't want to go to that team. Yeah. I know my so, worth. And then and then <laughs> and then I think it, I, I want to say it was Tampa. 
I want to say it was Tampa that drafted him. Um, and then he just he played baseball. He played with the Royals for because he he was still just an amazing baseball player already. He played yeah. with the majors. He's like, I want to win. You're right. I think the Raiders traded for his rights or bought his rights. I don't know what happened. Oh. He came into the Raiders. I mean, if you look at his stats too, they'll look like they don't look like much. But if you saw him play, <laughs> definitely left a mark. Oh my gosh! Like. I, like this guy. I see Bo um, Jackson highlights all the time. They come okay. through the timeline. Is that just oh the gosh. algorithm, or? And then like people need uh, to see those. Yeah, he he. One team I know he used to wreck was Denver. Uh, Denver used to have the safety. Uh, sorry, folks, if you guys would be listening or watching this, a little off subject, but hey, it's our show. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Steve Atwater was an absolute hammer. Hey. Uh, like I don't like Denver, but I I would definitely watch Steve Atwater uh, highlights. If you are a Denver fan and you're younger and you haven't heard of Steve Atwater, please go and YouTube Steve Atwater. He used to hurt people from the safety position. That guy, that name is in every Legends draft I've ever loaded into a Madden franchise. Oh, see, <laughs> Steve Atwater. But I never knew. I was. Oh, you know what? I mix him on. I'm mixing him up with Steve Lar Larnet Largette. Steve Largent, uh, who was a yeah. wide receiver for the Hawks. Another guy. I'm going to put my stamp on, you know, my my approval. Not, not that that means <laughs> nice. much, but uh, hey. Steve Largent. He's a coach's player. He's a good guy. He is one of the best wide receivers you will ever watch. To. Oh, he damn. Was, and then, yeah, he's, it was this little white boy who played wide receiver for the Seattle Seahawks. And before he had all the records. I mean, all the records I think that Jerry Rice had broken – or Steve Largent's, and they kind of played in the same era, but uh, yeah, Steve Largent was the guy uh, for a long time at wide receiver. <laughs> like, like if you go, if you Google him right now, you're like, no, the fuck, he wasn't. <laughs> if you look at him, you'd be like, nah, like you, like if you look at his stature too, like his size wise and stuff like that, you're like, man, this fool must have been playing in like the AFL or something. No, he played in the NFL. <laughs> Largent, Steve Largent. So we went Steve Largent from Steve Atwater, um, Bo Jackson, hip injury, Tua Tungavailoa. Right. Tua would have been first, not fifth, picked right before Justin Herbert. I think so. I'm sorry. I'm just tracing us back. That's what I love about, like, just regular sports conversations. In two minutes, you'll be off on, like, so Jerry Rice beat every right. Steve Largent record. Right. I mean, before he retired, he had like uh, most receptions, which was 819. Most consecutive games with reception, 177. Most yards yeah. on receptions, 13,089. Most touchdowns on receptions, 100. Jeez. Most seasons what, with 50 what, or more What era is this? What was that like? Uh, in the 80s, like uh, nice. early 80s, mid 80s. When they started passing. <laughs> right, right. When they actually started passing the ball. They were like, hey, man, you know what? We can actually score throwing the ball. There's a rule called the forward pass. Well, how are yeah. you going to throw this dumb oval <laughs> ball? And someone was like, I'll show you. Joe Namath. Ooh, Joe Namath. Um. Chargers end up losing this game 22 to 16. I forgot to mention that. It was a one score game, and the Chargers had uh, a couple drives at the end. 
Yeah, I was watching. I was like half watching it. I was at a bar waiting for a friend to get off. We wanted to get something to eat. Uh, well, I was half watching it, uh, waiting for her to get off, and it 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 looked like they had every opportunity to win the game, but it also looked like they took all of those opportunities and were like, man. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the Chargers went into halftime up six points. Sorry, I just going off here, but the Chargers, like I like we said, the Chargers had the best start to the game that you could have hoped for because they immediately scored a touchdown. And then yeah. they forced a field goal, and then they forced a, a Niner fumble the next time they had to give it back to the Niners. But then they only scored a field goal. They forced a bunch of punts. That first half, the Chargers went into halftime 16-10. to 10. And they end up losing the game 16 to 22. They had uh, four opportunities in the last seven minutes to score a touchdown uh, that would have won them the game. Actually, they had the whole, all five drives in the second half. If they would have scored a touchdown, um, it would have been 23 points, which would have put them uh, in the lead at the end. But they couldn't do it. Justin Herbert. Uh, last play of the game is a, a interception. I don't know. He, he looked like I don't. I don't think he's hurt anymore. I think he's just dealing with having to throw the ball out quickly because, like, even on those rollouts, they used to be wide open. Now there's a guy coming crashing down on him, so he doesn't even have time to like sit back no, there and yeah, let a no. downfield play develop. It's throwing it to the tight end in the flat. It's throwing it to the running back, dumping it off. It's hoping somebody can break open uh, towards the sideline or in the middle. But it, um, yeah, uh, Chargers defense showed up. Their offense did not do nearly enough uh, to win this game. But it's, I don't know. Yeah, we got uh, the Chiefs next week, Sunday night tough. football. But, I mean, like you said, your defense – Gives you a uh, good hope that they at least yeah. can keep them in the game. So, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, my last thing on the game was, uh, like you said, Justin Herbert looks like he's not hurt, but he gets hit a lot. And even coming back yes. from that rib injury, yeah. even if he's healed from that, there's still some, there's, it's still going to hurt a little. Like, it's still going to be a little, like, soft tissue every time he gets hit. It's mm, still going to okay. hurt a little bit from it. So, it's not like, going to be healed this season, you think? And I, uh, not fully. And I know a lot of people are going to be like, the commentators are saying the same thing, trying to give him excuses about, oh, you know I mean? He's banged up. I get it. I mean, you don't want to hear that all the time. Like, okay, well, we can't always blame it on the injury because he's playing, right? He's, he's playing. But, so should he get shut down or is it because they have a – it's probably no, because they have, they a, have a positive record. They have they a do. chance to get to the playoffs. It's more than so, 50% chance. The only time I think you have to get shut down is like – Keenan Allen injury is different. Like that hamstring, you can't really do anything about it. We already talked about it. Like uh, guys with hamstring, I've seen. So when uh, I was helping out with one of the national teams back home basketball, um, one of the guys pulled his uh, hamstring, and he was such. He was one of the captains. He was such a dedicated guy that he still wanted to practice. And this guy would like half practice, but by the three days after he heard it, and he was still trying to practice, we took off the bandage. This thing was. Blurple. I'm not kidding. Black and purple. Like, and we we're like, the only way you're gonna heal is if you stay off of it. Like, you can't keep. I don't know what else you want me to tell you. Like, you know, it's just gonna get worse and worse because the hamstring needs to heal. The only thing you're gonna do is tear it. So sure enough, I mean, he didn't. 
participate and practice or anything heavy at the time. And then within maybe like two to three weeks, she was able to do certain things, you know, go half, um, damn, I almost said half ass. Uh, it was also half speed. <laughs> Sorry. He was able to go half speed. And uh, by the time we got to the tournament or the team got to the tournament, he was almost fully healed. So it takes time. All injuries take time. So, but yeah, yeah I guess if, if you're Herbert and you're, you're, you're not, you know what I mean? If you're not like dying, uh, you're able to play, then you play. The only time I think you get shut down if it's like something really bad where it's really not worth playing. But I think the type of person Justin Herbert is, I don't think you could shut him down just now. If you, you think if he is injured and playing, then it's okay to say it's because of his injury if he's injured so. the whole time? Yeah, yeah. I mean, because he's going he's gonna to need some people to help him too. Again, we're about to talk about the Raiders, you know. Uh, Derek Carr isn't the greatest quarterback in the world, and I'm not one of those guys who are going to sit here and lie and back him up and be like, no, he's a good quarterback. He just needs help. Yes, he's, he, he is a bad quarterback, but he also needs help too. It sucks that, you know, he, he can't throw the ball, go over there, catch it for somebody, uh, <laughs> run it after the catch. I feel know? like he would, he would, if he could, he would. He definitely he would. would. Definitely, definitely. If he's there was a player. quarterback can throw it and catch it rule, Derek Carr would be the guy. And I think so. let, yeah, let's shift to the Raiders and All right. yeah, leading into um, that. I mean, what did you see his uh, Derek Carr's post conference? I did, I did, and that's what tough because um, I know there's a there's a lot of people that are watching these press conferences, and you know Derek Carr isn't the first dude to cry at a press conference or show his frustration, and there's people that are going to say, oh, you know, there's no room for that in football. This is a man's sport, you know. What I mean, what are you doing out there crying? And that's how much he cares for the team. Man, he's yeah. so down for the team. He's always been down for the team. And maybe he isn't, like, the best quarterback for the team, but he wants to be there. I mean, you know what I mean? He he literally bleeds silver and black. And he's never wanted to play anywhere else. And I, I get it, you know, for the fans. It's This isn't a, 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 like a popularity contest, like, you know what I mean? Or how great he is for the team uh morale wise he's got he's got to play he's got to play uh it's it's so hard to watch him move in the pocket because you're just mm-hmm. like bro just take off but he's also trying to play to his strengths which is his arm you know <laughs> which is his arm so um it's just frustrating because you want him to win you want him to do certain things it's, there's I, he you has want to show lose enough to get a new quarterback. It's I don't want to see. That's the thing. I'm one of those guys. Like I, I think we can win with Derek Carr. Uh, I, yeah, I agree. I, I think we can win with Derek Carr. I'm not like one of those Stan fans who are like, like no, Derek Carr is the best for the team. <laughs> He's probably not. <laughs> <laughs> like right yeah, now, they're projected to get the second pick. But do we really yeah. need? Do we really take a quarterback? Is that is that what we're gonna take a quarterback? Yeah, I don't know. CJ Stroud. See, I, I, out of all the quarterbacks, CJ Stroud's a good quarterback. I don't know if he's going to be a good NFL quarterback. I would take Bryce Young over CJ Stroud. Oh, okay. I yeah. Would, I would take. Well, CJ I mean, Stroud. I mean Bryce Young over CJ Stroud. I hope the Raiders are nowhere near either of those players in the draft. I don't even. Um, but either. but at the current situation, this week. Uh, the Colts went to Vegas and were able to they beat did. the Raiders twenty-five to twenty. The Raiders are now two and seven. You could rally 
to nine or to ten and seven to end the season. Right. I, that's the goal, right? But that's the goal. That's our the plans goal. being made uh, to maybe ease off the gas if a I, couple I, wins I, don't start showing up. I can't imagine that with the way the team is playing right now, Josh McDaniels would agree to that because his name is the one that's mm. going to be dragged to the mud or drugged to the mud. You know, Mark Davis can do whatever the hell he wants. He's the owner. He doesn't care. You can drag his name to the mud. He's just like, hey, why well, own the team? What are you going to do? <laughs> the only way it's going to change hands is if I sell it. <laughs> you know, like, but for Josh McDaniels, even if Mark Davis, who's come out every game uh, where people were clamoring for uh, him to get fired, has backed Josh McDaniels all of those games, giving reassurance to him, giving reassurance to the players that Josh nice. McDaniels is his guy. So my thing, like, I don't think Josh McDaniels would want to come out and tank the rest of the season because, like I said, it's his name. Okay, but if you're good with the owner, right? Right. You're guaranteed to come back next year. No, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care, man. <laughs> I don't care, man. There's no way. We're gonna either, Would you either... rather be Josh McDaniels with a top five pick? Or a 12 through 18 pick. You know what? Because I look at the roster and the only thing I think they really need help with, because they got, they got, they got, I like, uh, I like Hobbs, who's in the backfield, the defensive backfield. I like uh, uh, Mayrig. They, mm-hmm. they've, got, they've got some guys they can work with in the backfield. Talent, um, for sure. Yeah. And also because I'm Polynesian, I'm really hoping that, uh, Polomau gets to <laughs> I hope him Polomau breaks, breaks. Yeah, yeah. I, I hope, love I seeing him show up. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's on the active roster now. So, I mean, just being Polynesian alone. Like, I love watching uh, Talano, who found the play for, even though I Oh, my I gosh. Game ceiling oh, interception last night. Another one, yeah. And, you know, Yo, I his teammate was like, do it, bro. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And so, like, yeah, I, I'm hoping uh, Polomar gets a chance to, uh, you know, show something. And I hope he does show up when he's mm. given the opportunity. But I think uh, the one place we need to help most is on that offensive line. Right tackle has just been horrendous. I know they got some guys over there. Um, uh, Thalen Munford from Ohio State, who is – he's been playing pretty good. But I don't know how – how good you're going to expect him to get during the season when you're uh, subbing him in and out, when you guys have like, I know. You say leave him in there. Yeah. Let him play. Like, or even who else? uh, Illuminor, let him play. Oh, yep. But like, there's no consistency on that side of the line, you know, because they, 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 they share snaps. So it's like, what are you doing? And I'm not an NFL coach again, but I am. I, I coach basketball, and if you're gonna have a lineup, it's it's a lineup where you, you you're putting in guys to help spell. Like so, like if Munford's coming in for Illuminor, it's just because he's tired or you know he's hurt, but not because you oh you know what it's his turn, put him in now. No, it's his turn now. Put him in. Like, how, how do you expect him to catch a rhythm during the game, you know, or to if gel with the if rest you of the line? pulling them out. Yeah. It's not, like, situational, like third and short versus 
again, I don't want to speak on it because I'm not, I don't know what they're doing, I, but it doesn't seem like it's situational. I wish it was. But you'd much rather prefer leaving him in so he gets the minutes or he gets the snaps and and learns. I think so. I think I think he. It's about development. Yes, exactly. And at this point, why not? You know, because right. Illuminor isn't the one. He's not doing it for you, obviously. Uh, oh no. 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 <laughs> I mean, I guess yeah. I saw him in preseason, and he did. Oh, well, he was good in preseason. preseason. <laughs> yeah. But now that it's like other professionals. <laughs> right, but they they got the other rookie, uh, like I was, Dylan Parham, uh, who plays center and guard, and is doing really good. So that's that's great. That's a development. They still have um, my guy on at left tackle, uh, who no one thought was going to turn into anything when they dropped him out of UCLA. Um, and I, I, Colton Miller. Uh, oh so yeah. So I I love that he's developed into one of the best tackles in the league. You know, I love. Yeah, that. I really didn't want that to happen. Nobody, I don't think anybody. When they picked a first rounder, right? Yep, first round, fifteen. I was like, oh, nice. They picked like a really important right. position. I hope he does <laughs> not pan out, or well, maybe no, no. he doesn't pan out until he leaves the team. No, no one thought he did. Like even some of the, like the more True. diehard Raider fans that I used to talk to, they were like, oh, we were talking on draft day. Like I can't believe you picked that guy. And it's like, oh, they were I was, filling him. I was on the fence too because I was like, really? There were so many guys that you could have picked, picked that guy. Because <laughs> for like, a couple of years, I was like, nice. Colton Miller is not developing yet. <laughs> he's, hopefully, he does I mean, not get a second contract with the Raiders. Right. He gets free agent somewhere else. Damn. And then going like his rookie year, uh, late in, late into his rookie year, he started playing better, and then he came out his sophomore year, and was it? They were just like, wait, that's not Colton Miller. Well, I mean, who's that guy? Like it was, it was you know, yeah. Yeah, and now in his third season, yeah, he's one of the best, one of the best guys at the position. So I'm, I'm looking at the stats in this game. Derek Carr, 24, 38, 248 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Josh Jacobs. If if you look at that though, look at the first half, because he Mm -hmm. only had like 40 yards in the first half, maybe. So he had 200 yards in the second half. (laughs) Exactly. Damn. Like. like he was, they weren't doing anything in the first half. The Colts were up ten zero at one to start the game, right. and then halftime it was thirteen to seven. Um, man, these these look like okay days, right? Twenty one carries, seventy eight yards, under four yard average, and a touchdown for Josh Jacobs. And, the- and again, he he started. Uh, they started running him a little bit more. I know they started to panic maybe in a little in the beginning because they were like, "Oh damn, we're down like ten zero." We got to start throwing the ball, but like I think if you would have just ran the ball consistently and let them get into a groove more in the first half, mm-hmm. I mean it's not going to be an easy one, but I think they would have came out um, on top. On on the other side of the running uh, stats is Jonathan Taylor, who had one more carry, twenty two carries, with twice as many yards as Josh Jacobs. Um, did it feel like the Raiders were getting run on? No, so that stat is going to be a little. Um, or is that because they were trying to run the clock out late or something? No, he scored on a 66-yard touchdown run. Oh, okay. Yeah. So without that, he would have had yeah. 21 carries. for He would have had the same day as Josh Jacobs. Right. Almost exactly. So he had the one carry for the 66 yards okay. for a touchdown. Yeah. Inflation. Yes. What? That's that the word one I was thing. Wow. I was going to say, it's, it's, a little, it's a little inflated because he had the, the, the run uh, 
he at wasn't what doing point bad, was though, that? But uh, is it the third quarter or the second quarter? I'm looking uh, yeah, here. I want to say it might be the third quarter. But he third had a, quarter with a minute left. Jonathan Taylor, 66 yard touchdown run, two point conversion and, field. So they weren't doing they weren't doing bad um, defending him because he was still getting certain mm-hmm. runs, but like they stopped him when on on certain third downs when they needed to stop him. Nice. My my concern was how easy Matt Ryan looked like he was finding people on third down. Matt Ryan back at, back as a starter. Matt Ryan, who did already before um before Jeff Saturday came to the team, it was said that uh Ellinger was gonna start the rest of the season. Right. Again, I, I don't know. Ellinger could have came and pulled out the win too, but uh it's he came in, started Matt Ryan, and Matt Ryan was it looked like he was just picking us apart uh the first Damn. first half of the game. Like, you know, uh the DBs they did make some good plays. I think he did throw interception in the first half, but he just looked like he was finding the guys at the right time in the right zones. And you were just oh, man, if you're a Raiders fan, you were really like, really? <laughs> really? Well, I wonder what they did differently. That they weren't doing before, because Matt Ryan came in there. This is not like the regular Colts team. This is a five hundred win loss team right now. The the Colts, right, like it's right. not they're not super dominant I mean, anything. How did Matt Ryan come back in? And Matt Ryan's still a good quarterback. I'm pretty sure. I mean, he was a good quarterback for a long time in the league. Yeah, I mean, um, he twenty one for twenty eight, two hundred twenty two yards and a touchdown. But also, and I'm not saying this is what happened, but. You know, you get a new coach in. Uh, there's a lot of talk about how oh, okay. this guy just came okay. off the, who just came off the couch, really, uh, as people were joking around, coming in to coach. And you know, some guys would will rally around that and play harder for their coach. Maybe that's what they needed to win. Though. Maybe guys are actually playing harder. Uh, I, I think Frank. Yeah, I don't know Frank Wright uh, personally, but maybe some of the players didn't want to play for him, and now they have a guy. Who they want to play for, or maybe they just didn't want to lose the game because people talking shit. That helps a lot of, uh, a lot of things to that. I feel like that should have been uh, that probably was the attitude of the Raiders. They're like, we're not gonna, we better not lose this fucking game versus this team that you know just got a new coach and is only three and five and one. Um, I'm, I know there's reports that um, not everybody's on board with. And Josh McDaniels came out and said in the, in the beginning of the season that he's not trying to make it the Patriot way or the Belichick way. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, as, so as a player, I get it. Man. In the ranks, I, yeah, I get it. You, you don't want to be like, oh, well, I don't want to play. Maybe you have something against Bill Belichick. Maybe Josh McDaniels is an asshole, but I mean, from what you've seen, he's he's a really good offensive coordinator. At least uh, when he was out yeah. in. Uh, but now he's your head coach. So whatever he's trying to implement, if you're not getting on board, it's a tough business. But if I'm mm. Mark Davis, then I'm shipping those guys out for guys who want to come in and play for uh, Josh McDaniels. Who are some of the names that uh, aren't no fucking dropped, with Josh? This is what I'm saying. No one's dropped names, but I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, it has to be guys in the offense because that's who he probably fucks with the most because you know, he's an offensive mm. guy. So. Oh yeah, this the writer. This writer's team is talented and is getting production. I mean, they haven't had in, as many injuries as um, as the Chargers, but they just lost Renfro mm, okay. for at least 
four games at least. Renfro four. and Waller uh, both on Waller IR. for at least four. They got, they got a couple guys banged up. Uh, they might have lost um, Perryman again for a couple games. Damn. Uh, yeah, a linebacker is probably one spot they they really can't afford to lose because they had also Blake Martinez retire. And Yo, what was that? So I mean, he my man came had for this, one game. <laughs> Two actually <laughs> and played very well. <laughs> so then Madden was like, Yeah, I still got it. I'm out. Right. Right. <laughs> what the like, fuck? like, I hate you, Blake Martinez. <laughs> but Yo, you showed us two great ass games at a position in need. And then, right. Like, like, I mean, they weren't like eye popping stuff, but he, he led the team in tackles those two games. Uh, you know, he was he was doing what he was supposed to while they signed him. But yeah, maybe he thought it wasn't worth it anymore with the team and the direction they were going. It's not like they're like their their season is going to end now. They're going to be like oh. two and seven for the rest of the season. But also, people were saying that he has that uh, rare Pokemon card. I think he sold it for like I don't know how much money. Get out of here! And yeah. then retired. Well, I, I I don't know. That's what people were saying. So I don't know. Like, I'm not I'm not saying they're connected. I'm just saying they happen close together. Like, I, <laughs> oh damn it! Like wait, what kind of Pokemon card would make an NFL millionaire retire? Hey, so that's what I'm saying. Like, it can't be that much, man, because, like, damn, uh, like, uh, he's already a millionaire unless he's yeah. used all his money. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and there's, I mean, there's been stories. See, and yeah, it's not even that much. It was only Six. a $672,000 sale. <laughs> so, yeah, like, I'm looking this up. I need to see what kind of card it is. Okay, it's an Illustrator Pikachu. I think in Japanese. Uh, looks it holographic. Nine point five minted as a nine point five. Yep. All right. So, like, I mean, like I said, maybe, maybe he has injuries that no one knows about. He's not disclosing. Or oh, okay. But yeah, super, there's there's so many players that, that yeah. won't take themselves out, and you really got to tell them, hey. Right. You no, know, it's going to be there's life after football. I know it feels like football is life for a lot of us, but right. there's life, especially for the players after football. Yeah, that's, and your quality of life will be a lot better if you didn't break your head or your arm or I, some shit. I think the first guy that I ever saw do that was Patrick Willis. Because he Patrick Willis? At the, yeah, oh, at okay. the top of his career. Mm-hmm. Like he was the best linebacker in the league mm-hmm. when he retired. That's crazy. You know? Like I there think he could have Barry I think Sanders. He could have been the Barry Sanders. Uh I think he could have Luke Keekley, who we all know had too yeah. many head injuries. But uh Patrick yeah. Willis, I think out of all the three guys you just named, probably had the best chance to be the best at his position ever. Because Patrick Willis was I remember I remember hearing that, right? Like Patrick Willis was placed like super highly in the top one hundred man uh NFL players. What was it about him everything that made him oh just any sort of measurable speed, power, smartness. Patrick Willis had it. You know, he goes sideline to sideline. Um he could shadow your running back, he could cover your slot guy, you know, he could he could rush if he needed to. Patrick Willis, I mean, and that was the year, those years where they were making their way to the Super Bowl, and they probably had the best linebacking core. Yeah. I know two yeah, of them yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, him and uh, Navarro Bowman. Oh, my gosh. Those two, two wreck offenses. Like, <laughs> if, if 
if I'm playing NFL football and I'm like, damn, we're playing in San Francisco this week, I'd have been, and I'm a running back, I'm like, fuck. <laughs> you know, like, okay, see, these are both, I think, feel like the same thing. Or maybe I mixed these two players up for so long, Bowman and Willis. But you would always hear how they were, like, super great, and it was crazy that they were playing together. together. <laughs> That's so, man. I think that led the that whole hard-nosed Niner defense for that era. But it, yeah, they were so good. Is is there a better linebacking tandem in the history of the NFL? At the same time, uh, that wrecked havoc like that. No, nah, not like that, man. Those two and linebacker is probably one of my favorite positions to watch because those guys are super athletic, man. Like super. I think maybe if you would have paired someone with Brian Erlacher, maybe they would have been close to what those two were. But Ooh, Lance like, Briggs, no. He was he was good, but not like but not, not on like, that level. Nah, Didn't compare. Like, yeah, not like Bowman and 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 Willis. Those two were just like Sean Merriman. No, Junior Seau. Who did Jones? Who did Junior Seau play with? Himself. Yeah, I mean he didn't. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Like... <laughs> you know, he's like it's just like yeah. See, like when you heard like see, when I think of the best linebacker in the game, I always think Junior Seau. Probably isn't like. Stats wise, or like, but mm-hmm. I got to watch him, uh, when like when he was playing and watching him on TV was man. And also, this might be biased because of where I grew up or how I grew up my culture, but I think I was so blessed to watch him and Troy Polamalu play in their careers. Watching those two guys play football was like, man. Some of the best at their position in right. NFL then, history. Like you'd hear something. So like I remember watching one interview. They asked Junior Seau like uh, about uh, like how does like why is the arm so big? He goes, Yeah, I work out my arms since college because uh, there's so many times where I have to make a one arm tackle and I never want to miss a tackle. And so I was young enough. To, like, <laughs> I, I was so in. Like I saw the interview. I think I was maybe like I don't know, thirteen. And I was like, All right, fine. So every time I watch the Chargers game, I was like. And this fool would just like let me see your arms exactly. So, like <laughs> running backs would like pass him, and he'd have only one arm to reach out. Sure enough, he'd bring him down with one arm. And wow! Like, wow. <laughs> okay. He was for real. Yeah, that wasn't a joke. That wasn't a made up excuse no. to work an extra set of tries. And you know, and you know, and people people are always gonna like like a lot of people are wow. measured like especially in American culture they'll measure like by stats how great a guy was me. Uh, and I know it's not just me, but like the moments that these guys were great would be like the most outrageous moment of like, man, they needed to play. And sure enough, in your mind, you're like, no, I know it's either like you're watching Pittsburgh, you know, Troy's going to come up with this play. Or you're like, no, Junior Shaw's about to make this stop. And sure enough, the, at every time their team needed them to make a stop, mm-hmm. even when he was older and he played for the Patriots. He was doing things for the Patriots that, you know, just that was helping them win at the time, you know, mm-hmm. and just look at Troy Polamalu. Man, how many times has he jumped over a, a line I to don't, make a block I'm, kick or a tackle or a sack, yeah. come up with an interception? Like it's like understand. he teleported towards the ball. <laughs> Yo, exactly. Because I don't, I never understood how when they needed a play, they could make a play when the offense knew. That the main person away they had yeah, to like go away from that guy <laughs> was this guy. Don't run it yeah. towards Junior Seau. Don't throw it towards Troy. 
yeah. uh, maybe identify where 55 and 43 are pre-snap and right before you snap it because Troy would move around. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. Definitely identify where these guys are. But even in those times, they would, I don't know, counter back because it's like you know right. what the offensive strength is. So I'm going to put myself in a position where I am on the field. And, to... it's, and it's funny because a lot of people, are just, oh, they were just so naturally talented. Yeah, of course they were. But at the same time, they were also very prepared. That's the type of people they were. Yeah, they prepared exactly. for this stuff. They were smart guys. They weren't just like some dummy you put on the field and be like, hey, run, go get me the ball. <laughs> you know, so like, they weren't just like super strength Samoans. They were also super smart. Right. They were complete Let's superheroes. Go. Yeah. Like, I mean – that's film study. Deion Sanders is one of those guys that you knew was going to come up, you know, in, in mm. that they were in that tier. Deion Sanders, like, and then even Joe Montana. If you look at Joe Montana's measurables, you're like, no way this guy's a Hall of Fame quarterback. But you know what? Every time that fool would march his team down during a Super Bowl or a playoff game, you were like, damn it, the Niners are going to win. And they're like, at the 10. Like, bro, they're at their own 10. Yeah, no, they're winning. <laughs> you know, y'all fucked up. Yeah, same thing. Tom Brady. Too much time. Too much Brady. time. Too much time. Tom Brady's like, he looks at the clock, he's like, uh, minute 12, we're waiting. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> okay, so it. I need a seven-yarder, I need an 18-yarder, I need a 12-yarder, I need right. a five-yarder, five-yarder. Okay, I got yeah, this. Yeah, I can yeah. set up out of it to Terry with him. You guys. I really, I really think stuff. Patrick Willis had that in him, too. I think he he retired. But what he chose was a lot more important to him. He chose family. He chose his nice. life. He chose health and it's working out for him because he's still doing great um, off the field, uh, still helping a lot of people in the community. Good. He's just doing great. That's um, so. It's smart of him to have made his bag, and have been such out. a generational, yeah. and to get out before when, when, football yeah. really messed him up. Because, and then so the player's not going to do it. These players are like, first of all, some of them are like tenacious and want to win. And then some of them are scared that they're going to lose their fucking spot. So, again, so they'll play through shit. The the full story of Junior South. So we just talked about how great he was. And then the dark side to Mm -hmm. him is the way he passed away. You know, Um, he shot himself in the chest. Right. He had he had. uh, Head injuries from all the probably Mm -hmm. hitting people too hard or getting Mm -hmm. hit. And if the NFL, yeah, if the NFL had acted maybe a little earlier, help these guys who aren't playing anymore, you know, maybe check in on them a little bit more. Maybe he'd be here today. Yeah. Or maybe if he took 100%. the initiative. Yeah, after getting, you know, after getting what he needed to do, because you never know. Like I said, you can't tell. It's a contact sport. You're going to get hurt. You're going to get hit. And so it's tough to be like, well, if they got to him earlier, maybe he stopped his career at a certain part. You never know. You never know because there's still guys suffering with it now who probably have for sure. Yeah, for sure. And, yeah. you know, you see the rule changes and everyone's like, well, this isn't real football anymore. Well, real football got people to die at 40 right. years old. Like right. real football is look at Jim Brown. He's like the best he could have been is you think what he is now. Like he's super I think he's actually that might be a bad example. He still looks like he could run over people. He probably could. But yeah, but there are, are plenty of examples of NFL players that have died um a lot earlier than uh they should have and yeah. it's caused by repeated imagine, blunt injuries to the all head. The, the undocumented deaths from 100% from yeah, 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 exactly. Like when Not they counted. didn't know what was going. Yeah. So 
they were just like, oh, that's just a one-off. And it was like, no, nah, that's just a one-off that was loud enough for yeah, you to yeah, hear yeah. about how they died or it exactly. happened super early. And you're like, well, why did this fullback, you know, he was like, yeah, that's um, <clears throat> also in professional wrestling. No, that's not okay. Not, that's too far. No. I mean, if you uh, want to go to the ultimate, ultimate, like maybe he shouldn't stop Muhammad Ali. Like, damn, how, yeah. how tough is it for some people to watch Muhammad Ali shape doing an interview or not be able to, you know, you, you, just hearing him talk? Mm-hmm. Um, just, yeah, I'm, yeah, it's crazy. There, yeah, player safety is definitely something that is. It's weird, right? Because it's going to have to be mandated. Right. Um, but definitely, like an example this week, Josh Allen, who played versus the uh, the Vikings, have. when he like almost sprained his elbow right. trying to make a pass last week and probably shouldn't have played. But not only did he play, uh, he played pretty good. Like he was, I mean, no, the Bills lost the game. Well, but, I mean, you never know. That shoulder injury could have caused that football. Yeah, that does. Yeah, I don't think Josh Allen should have been in there. But uh, the Vikings go to eight and one. And I there was a lot of talk about the Vikings or have played a bunch of backup quarterbacks this year, and they're not for real. Do you think the Vikings are for real? I do, I do. Uh, so we all know, and we're all going to agree that quarterback is a position you need some consistency at least, at the least, if it's not going to be super talented. You need some consistency and some managing at the quarterback position to win. <laughs> That's what they're doing. Kirk you know Cousins what else you need? Definitely that guy. Right. You know what else you need? <laughs> a whole fucking team to play ball. And that's what, man, hey. if their team don't go out there, you know what I mean? If there's somebody out there telling me that their team doesn't go out there and give 140% every game, you're crazy. I mean, so far they haven't. I mean, maybe in the, even in the loss, I mean, they still played hard. But evident by what a catch by Justin Jefferson. My gosh. Bro, fourth and 18 to the what guy you know the ball is going to go to. Exactly. And you That's... get two, the DB gets two hands on it, and he That's still so comes crazy. down with the catch. Climb the ladder, Jets, Justin Jets Jefferson. That that definitely was one of, I mean, I'm hearing that it's one of the greatest catches of, of all time. It could be. I mean, there's... I mean, if, if you think about it, there's so many good catches, but if you're going to go, like, in recent memory, like, for the people who are younger and the people who haven't seen, like, uh, Taylor catch one in the end zone, you know what I mean, which is a great catch. Um, that's, I mean, what's up, Sammy? What's up, Sammy? <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. John, John Taylor catching one, <laughs> Stallworth catching one, you know, the, some of these – the immaculate reception, all these names I'm dropping, like and, and the types of catches, the names mm-hmm. of the catches. Some of these kids don't know, but if you're gonna go like maybe 10, 20, or 15 years, we won't go that far. Uh, uh, David Tyree's catch, the helmet catch that he made, helmet catch. Oh my god, of course, and guessing another, helmet catch, right? And then another, <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then another giant, uh, a giant receiver, OBJ, that catch. Mm. It, I mean, it launched his three career. finger fallback. <laughs> right, yeah. it launched his career. It really set him really. up as like, like, and because I don't uh, know if yep. he's, I don't know if he's good as his hype. I'm gonna be honest. I'm one of those guys. I, like, uh, I don't know if OBJ is as good as the hype. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I think OBJ's hype is is super big. So I don't even know yeah. if anybody I think could really. I think, 
till that. Yeah. But he definitely. But he, he is one of he the was like one of the greatest. Yeah, exactly. For yeah, years, that, yeah, he was that, like top. That catch though, that catch though is what launched. That's DeAndre Hopkins yeah. does that too. DeAndre Hopkins, he I mean he's got a few catches, but in my mind, if you go like through the recent years, that catch, David Tyree and that OBJ catch, those those are yeah those are probably three of the greatest catches in the last fifteen years or so. Fifteen. Um. Yeah, that was crazy. End to the end to the regulation, end to the overtime. Uh, but Josh Allen throws an interception. He had three turnovers, and the Vikings end up beating the Bills. And I think the Dolphins are in first place in the AFC East now. So, Go Tua. <laughs> uh, it, this is funny. Uh, Tua, I think in some polls now, has passed Josh Allen in the MVP uh, talks. <laughs> wow. Which which is a. I'm not saying Tua hasn't done because he has. Tua's, Tua's been out there playing. And you know, know. The, the, the biggest thing about Tua being out there is how the rest of the team rallies around him and yeah. they trust him to win these games. Like you can tell, you. I mean, yeah, we've talked about it. He does underthrow Tyreek Evans every now and then. Uh, and he got hurt. But you know what? That team loves to play with him as their quarterback. And, nice. Yeah, they 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 believe in him. So if you can talk all the shit you want, but one he's, but he's winning, getting it done. Right, one he's Stat. winning, two he's getting it done. Three, his team that none you've never heard anybody say, "Nah, we'd rather have somebody else at quarterback." So far, so uh, Tua Tagovailoa this year has started and finished seven games for the Dolphins. How many wins do they have in those games? Seven. Seven wins, seven. seven and zero in the games that Tua starts seven and finishes. Exactly. Uh, so, so he's definitely doing there. I see. The, I can see the MVP talk starting, especially after Josh Allen. Uh, and it wasn't just that the Bills lost and Josh Allen had a great, perfect game. He had th- uh, three turnovers: yeah. one at the end of regulation at the goal line where the Vikings scored, uh, and then one to end the game. And, also, and I know as a coach and as the player. Or the team, the players, you're gonna always want your best players on the team playing, right? So mm-hmm. like Josh Allen getting hurt, you're like, oh, he can come back. No, we want him on the field. But maybe that game, maybe that yesterday's game is the game he should have sat out. You know, so tough. Uh, what else do we have? Oh, Monday Night Football. How did you feel about it? Eagles lost their first game. Oh man, like I told you, to like, the Commanders. I just, you were talking about the, the you, you thought that the turnovers are what did definitely it was definitely Jaden mm-hmm. how many four turnovers from the Eagles see and he threw two of them didn't he? yep they had yeah they had he might have had a fumble no I think it was two interceptions uh the fumble was uh uh Goddard's and uh Jeez. oh Equez Watkins on that catch yeah. which was I felt bad for him because my to my knowledge the rule is. Both his knees were down, even though he wasn't touched. But both knees had, had hit the ground, so I thought maybe he was down. Mm-hmm. But like, he didn't secure the ball. Oh, he got he got back up and started running. <laughs> he got, so he he caught it, which was an amazing yeah. catch, amazing throw. He caught it. He didn't. He stumbled or he rolled because he had to dive for the catch, and no one touched him. So as he got up, the ball wasn't really secure. I don't know if he knew that he had some uh, players behind him. Mm-hmm. So as he yeah, started exactly. to make the run, he got hit from behind and the ball came out. Yeah. That that play 
probably won the game for me, honestly. That game was probably the game that won the game for me. That was the one that ended the yeah yeah the comeback. Yeah, they had some time uh, late, but then that uh, that uh, Brandon Graham uh, unnecessary roughness or personal that's going to uh, hurt too. Foul. That's, that's the, hurt that too. gave Washington a uh, first down on right. third and like third and long. They were going to have to punt it back to him, but and then that's the one Brian Robinson ran in on that 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 series, right? Um, was it the Brian Robinson. Brian Robinson scored on the in the uh the second quarter, but on the, just at the end of there, uh, the Commanders were trying to run it out, but the Eagles forced them. We're gonna force them for a three and out. I saw because Heineke, I think, was already like on his knees when he got hit. Like, oh, he was trying to kneel it. That's what he. Was that was the last. To. Yeah, that was yeah, the, he was the to last kneel one. It, yeah. And then that fool ran in and hit him. Well, he like, rolled out, and then he was like, "Oh, I'm not gonna make it." But I don't want to throw an incomplete pass, so yeah. let me get down. But he got down and he like he got down on both his knees and was like praying, <laughs> like. And then he just sat there. And then some eagles came and like tackled him. But I guess they had blown the whistle. Like, oh, he's giving himself up. But yeah. that's, yeah. I don't know. That was uh that definitely kept the the eagles from having a one last chance to to come back and score but, a touchdown. Yeah, like like you were telling me, you thought it was the turnovers. Definitely the turnovers. I thought the uh what contributed to all those turnovers they looked like they came out cold like uh really sluggish like i don't know like usually like the way they became they were they they the way they were eight no is they would come out and just like well let's let's end this game in the first two quarters you know and it didn't seem like they they had that energy tonight still a great team at 81 you know what i mean uh there's gonna be a lot of people like oh what and I'm one of them because my team isn't doing much right now, so I'm already into <laughs> talk shit about your team mode. <laughs> so, so I'm in the chat with uh, one of my fantasy league people, and uh, the, the Cowboys in that chat always get drunk. But tonight I was like, well, you know what? I'll, I'll give the Cowboys a break. I don't really do much with the Cowboys, but everybody else does. So I was like, you know what? Cowboys get a break today. So I was like, oh, here we go. Eagles doing Eagles things. <laughs> You know, Bruh, like got him, got him going. <laughs> yo, oh man, so funny. And they were like, "Oh, the Raiders!" Like, yes, I know. This is why I'm talking shit. My Raiders aren't doing much. So, what else do I have to do the rest of the season? But I just control you guys. Wow. So yeah, there's no need. There's really no need to panic for uh, Eagles fans or Eagles players. I mean, yes, the Commanders are the worst team in the division, but. <laughs> It's not a dig at you guys. It's not a dig at you guys. Uh, yeah, I mean, and then to, to the point that one of the guys in the chat said, um, better to get your loss now than like in the playoffs. Oh, like the 2000 whatever Patriots, 2007? Right. <laughs> helmet catch. <laughs> exactly. Back to the helmet catch. So like, yeah, like. Uh, what would you rather do? Go nineteen and zero, or however uh, it is to get to the Super Bowl, and then lose one, or would you rather lose a couple on the way to the Super Bowl and then win the Super Bowl? So exactly, take, well, whatever whatever ends in wind in Super Bowl, right? Is right. definitely what uh, the team and fans would prefer. Um, I also, yeah, I also, I also hope that first. people, yeah, I will also hope that people don't start overreacting on Jalen Hurts. And like, oh, Yo, no, they already are. Philadelphia, where yeah. people at the fucking game were booing this team. There were boos at halftime. Like, I heard that shit. Uh, and this was in Philadelphia. So, the Eagles, this is 
they dropped to eight and one. They played five games at home. This is obviously their first loss, but that that crowd already was like uh, sounding a little entitled, guys. You have your eight and one, and right. if you can if you can duplicate this over the uh, second half of the season, you're gonna run away with the the first seed and you know not even have to yeah. play in the wild card. But uh, I mean, the Eagles shown they're not uh, infallible. Here they are losing the game, but that is uh, yeah, that's our recap for this week. Any uh, any shout outs? Oh, the witch's man. castle, bro! Shout out the Ooh. the witch's castle yeah. over here and on Cornell in Portland. Yep, that was yep. Uh, that was a hike. It was dope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So if you guys don't know, I'm I I I. I I'm not even going to call myself a photographer. I take photos. Uh, and then when people... There's a word for that person. People are gracious enough to hire me and take photos, I go. <laughs> you know. Anyway, uh, we had some really close friends uh, who... Their son, who's also a nephew to me and Lance, um, it was, it's his senior year, and he wanted to take senior photos, which uh, I'll have to apologize to them. I know it took a little bit for me to get out there. The photos were supposed to be or going to get turned in on the 14th, and we just got them done this <laughs> this past week. So, um, but we got them done. Uh, and uh, shout out to Tiare. So, when they were telling me they wanted to do the shoot at an abandoned house, which is a dope idea, abandoned house, abandoned warehouse, but we really couldn't find one. Um, but they did find. So the day before the shoot, she was like, "Oh, how about Witch's Castle?" And me like a dummy because I've never been there. I'm like, oh yeah, it sounds dope. <laughs> and I'm saying all this stuff like the negative stuff. I'm saying it's not like it wasn't a terrible hike and it didn't like wreck anything. It wasn't bad, but like I just we just weren't prepared for it at the time. Um, anyway, so we go to the shoot, and then so we're also looking for parking because we're like, hey, maybe we can just park and then we'll all just walk down. Like, yes, you have to walk to Witch's Castle, but it's not a short walk. <laughs> it's not a short walk. How many switchbacks? How many switchbacks down the mountain uh, was it? One, uh, two, three, four, five, six, and then the at bridge. Least, at least four. At it least. was a big drop. When she said you guys were down by the stream, I looked over the edge of the mountain and I was like, "Well, water flows to the lowest point, so you mean down there? <laughs> Is there like a mid waterfall?" <laughs> See, that was your mistake. Down as the soon hill? as the guy told me that we had to walk down, I didn't look over. I was like, "All right, if I look over, I'm just gonna be like." Uh. Okay, and then again, mind you, like a dummy, somebody says hike, and uh, I'm thinking, well, I want to be comfortable, so I put on some, <laughs> I put on some jogging shorts, like literally, it's like a maybe a seven inch inseam, maybe a little shorter. Um, they're very thin. I did wear a sweater, uh, but it was pretty cold out there. <laughs> it's pretty it was cold. Cold. There was water flowing down the mountain. Right. It was super it was, rocky. It's not a paved path. It's, no, it's the not. edge of a mountain. It's a hike. But it's also it was also a very cool hike. Um, we got some really, really, really great shots off. Uh, if you guys follow my photography page at Samuel Doughboy Photography, um, you'll see one of Lance, which is one of my favorite photos from that day. Uh, such a dope photo, know. man. Yeah. No, not that one, fool. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. Is that you? <laughs> Bro, yeah, definitely follow Instagram page, someone dope with photography. But it was or, such yeah, a I'm success. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to uh, Makani, uh, such a trooper. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Tara, I'm going to have to tell the story. 
the whole time we're walking down, it's like, yeah, this is just really awful for my mom. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like well, taking like, pictures, hey, well, but thanks for coming. Right. So, like, hey, do me a favor, man. Can you smile for your mom? So your mom, <laughs> so your mom gets her money. Smile. Come please. on, man. Not, not a, a usual smile. No, he does smile a lot. He just, no, he does. He does. His face is he just does. deadpan. No, yeah. Uh, <laughs> shout out to the my three brothers. type of humor. <laughs> the three, the three brothers were. It was cool um, hanging out with them that day too. Such good kids, man. Such good kids. Shout out to uh, to those man. Really amazing boys, man. It was so fun um, being out there with them, and then having you, Lance, come down. Uh, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, it made me feel better because slides. I, I watched Lance walk down in shorts and slides. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm not the biggest dummy on this trip. Uh, <laughs> that would be me. Because I thought the witch's castle was on the side of a road. And it was uh It was, it was a, not the road you were expecting. But. Yeah, the side of a walk, yeah, unpaid walkway. It was all rocks. It was great. Yeah, check it out. It's on North Northeast Cornell Road. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna uh, go back because there's another mansion that's supposed to be on the trail. That's supposed to be pretty dope too. So let's uh, do it. Yeah, we'll do yeah. It. I need that uh, that walk. My my like uh, what do you call your thigh muscles? Your, your quads. My quads were not hurting that bad the next no, day. It was a good hurt. It was a good hurt. No, they weren't hurting. Oh, okay, okay. So I'm like, nice. oh, we need to go really, really hit some of these trails. Let me know when you go to that uh, that other one. I wanna, oh, yeah, for sure. But if you go while well, I'm not working, then I'm, I'm yeah. super down. We'll plan it. We'll plan it. Shout out to you, Samoan Doughboy Photography on Instagram, uh, for taking those uh, pictures, for showing up for the fam and uh, getting those done. Yeah. Uh, and, bro, there's a bunch that uh, Tiara is posting, too, that are super dope. That's good to yeah. See. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my shout out is to you. There you go. And then uh, also, again, always, as always, shout out to our sponsor, man, E-Rod. Uh, he's doing this Christmas thing. He's doing a lot of things, man. That um, And big ups to him for rallying uh, rallying around Tour Samoa. Shout out to E-Rod for winning, making history. And E-Rod is, uh, he is appeasing the masses. He's he's going to come out with the shirt for, uh, for all the people who are asking maybe uh, something light for uh, the championships this Saturday, man. What what time is that? What time is that game? Four? I I don't know. Uh, it might be around that time, same time it was this last. But um, man, should we have a watch party? No, because I'm getting off of work at that time. No, <laughs> <laughs> look, we just sleep until our afternoon shifts. And then we uh, work until like after midnight, two, three, four in the morning, and then we watch our team uh, win. I don't know the rules. I don't watch rugby on the regular. I'm not trying to uh, ride the bandwagon, but I will support now that I know what's going on. You keep it going, keep it up until someone get the man world final, world cup final versus uh, and, and so Australia. People don't, yeah, people don't who watch who don't watch rugby or maybe are just like uh, like really light fans of it or, you know, just don't know the sport um, and are wondering why not just uh, Samoans all around the world are rallying around the team, uh, but Polynesians in general is because 
there's tiers to the nations that play rugby. Uh, you have your top tier. I think it's tier one, uh, which is, of course, uh, involves New Zealand, Australia, um, England, uh, South Africa, uh, a couple other nations. So they're like tier one. They're always expected to be in the quarterfinals, semifinals, and stuff like that. And then you have your second tier, which are made up of smaller countries um, or dots on a map, <laughs> as Hello. Uh, as Samoa is. <laughs> uh, and if you guys are wondering, like, why are you guys talking like you guys are from Samoa? Me and Lance aren't originally from Samoa. We are from American Samoa. Two different islands, same people. Two Tuila. Yeah, and uh, I'm not going to get into the debate of how there are some weirdos debating who's more Samoan than who or who should celebrate the win because, hey, Bro, whatever. I'm That's your opinion. Samoan. Right. <laughs> but, but so there's two different Samoas. There's uh, American Samoa and Samoa. Total Samoa is from the island of Samoa. But every Polynesian is rallying around them because um, Tonga's a small nation who's a really good rugby team who we beat uh, respectfully, uh, Tonga. We, they have 27, Fiji. 26. Right, Fiji, I think, is oh, still... Oh, that was England. Fiji's always going to be... For me, Fiji in the sevens is unbeatable. I, you know, when when I've watched Fiji in the sevens. Um, but there's also two different, uh, I guess, rugby teams that you'd have. One with seven people on the field, another uh, I think. Anyway, so um, a nation as small as... Samoa reaching the mm-hmm. world championships. Uh, like we beat England, who was the home country in their home country. So take that. You can take your crumpets and box. tea. And just oh. kidding. Just kidding. I'm not that. Crumpets yeah. and tea? Was it Sweet to... Caroline? Oh, sweet. Yep, exactly. When they were singing in Germany. That was Germany, though. Bro, I saw that that they did the uh, Ivani Carruthers. Uh, oh, yeah. The, yeah. The sign I saw, <laughs> so simple, so funny. Right. England, who? <laughs> right, exactly. You know what I mean? And and again, that's that speaks volumes to how important, how important this. It's in for your country, maybe not, but for Samoa and Polynesians all around, it's a historical event for us. You know, nice. um, no, no. No country this small has ever reached this. I mean, if you go look at the records, they they broken. Um, the tier they're in, no tier two team has ever reached the finals. Um, I know Tonga had made it. I don't know if it's in the same league. There's two different rugby leagues. Tonga did play England for a championship once. But again, just such a big event for, of course, the people of Samoa, uh, Samoans everywhere, but also for Polynesians everywhere. So, if you're if you're doing something on Saturday, make sure you involve watching this game or at least celebrating the win. <laughs> I know people uh, are like win. <laughs> hey, we gotta go in with confidence. Win, win, win. What or not. is this shit? Australia is a seventeen and a half point favorite. Australia, fuck out of here. Seventeen yeah, points. Australia and New Zealand have beat up on a lot of teams. <laughs> <laughs> in in the rugby world, um, again, if you're not uh, privy to 
a lot of the stuff in rugby. Like if you if you if you've never watched rugby before, um, New Zealand and Australia are always going to be at yeah. the top of your your rugby teams, the top like top five, I guess. Um, there's a team from South Africa who literally put giants out on the rugby field, <laughs> like. I, I know I watched one rugby game and the <laughs> dude jogs into the field. I was like, why are you 6'8 playing rugby? Go play volleyball or basketball. <laughs> this is a 6'8 dude. It looks like game. yeah, it looks like he's gonna eat somebody out there. He literally looked like the dude from the beginning of Troy that uh that that Brad Pitt like sliced and diced in the beginning of Troy. That's how big he looked on the field, the rugby field. It was crazy. Uh, a spring box out of South Africa, I'm pretty sure. Spring box, yeah, spring box. Uh, England, of course, is pretty good. So, yeah, I mean, even the road that Samoa took to get to the championships is impressive. Beating Tonga, who's a great team, and mm-hmm. then beating England. So, yeah, if you guys wonder why there's going to be a lot of drunk Polynesians out Saturday night, wherever, whatever city you are, I know Utah. I know Utah has. Uh, they're going to have a, a a motorcade. I think there's one being planned in Bruh. Hawaii at the moment. My sister sent me the one for one. Carson. Carson see, oh, see, see? Mm-hmm. Carson about to have one. She was like, "Where is Portland?" <laughs> I was like, "I don't know." <laughs> Do uh, we it, have might one? Little, it might be a little too cold for us right now. Uh, <laughs> Yo, it's a. It's just a caravan with rolled up windows right. and heaters on. Just right. the flags on the outside. We're not sitting outside. It's too um, cold for that. I think I think I think there's car clubs in Washington. So they're gonna have one up more like I think around Federal Way. I know they're getting hey, ready. The um, I saw a video where they were having celebrations on the street at night and the kid brought his lawnmower out into the road with the shopping cart. And you were pushing the shopping cart around around the street, running up and down the street, and had the lawnmower on running up and down the street. So, so people who aren't Polynesian, I'm not gonna apologize. I'm yeah. not gonna apologize. Yeah, hell no. <laughs> if, we're, if we're out on the weekend, hey, just either join in the celebration or get out of the way. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah exactly we're not apologizing for celebrating. Not at all. Not at Yeah, we'll definitely be back, and I mean I'm gonna try to watch that game even if no, it yeah. is 4 a.m. Pacific time. About to get off of work and turn the game on. So. And then we'll be able to uh, talk about it from a point of no, I have no rugby right. uh, no. experience. <laughs> and just in case you're gonna hear a lot of it, man. Especially if they win, I know one of those fools on that team is somehow my cousin. Just let you know. <laughs> I'll pick which one uh, later. Yeah, let's get right. the win, man. That's gonna be. Let's keep showing people what we can do. That'd be uh, that'd be dope. Yeah, keep it up. Let's keep um, it up, man. Yeah, Levasa and uh, the Polynesian. We support you, Tosamo. Let's go. Tosa, shout out Tosamo for inspiring everybody too. Everyone's uh. uh really in higher spirits and like you said this weekend is gonna be crazy so join in or get out of the way and uh don't hold anything that we break uh against us for you know too long right you probably things are gonna break your arm yeah yeah it might happen so just bad drunks no 
No, no, no. It's it's no. going to be all good. good. It's going to be that a good celebration. is our show, episode 34. Thank you for listening in. Shout out again to our sponsor, Levasa Island Apparel. Uh, and to Forrest Ozzel, I appreciate you for uh, being on tonight. And we will be back next week. For everybody, I'm Lance Valtono. Stay hydrated, stay blessed, stay balling. Love and light. Peace.